Episode 15 of the Pilot to Pilot podcast takes off now. Anybody here see my jackies? What's up, Baby Nation? My name is Mike Wagner, also known as Pilot Wagner on Instagram. I'm currently a corporate pilot flying a Falcon 2000 Classic. When I'm not sitting around, I'm spraying chemtrails at night over Teterboro. This is my story. What is going on, Aviation Nation, and welcome back to the Pilot to Pilot podcast. My name is Justin, and I'm your host. As you heard from that intro, today we are talking with Pilot Wagner. Pilot Wagner, also known as Mike, has some amazing content on Instagram, on YouTube. He just makes some crazy videos, whether it's a chemtrails at night, whether it's a Teterboro video, or most recently, the video he released last night, I Sit Around Part de. I just, I can't even explain to you how excited I was to interview him as ever since he started creating content, aviation content for everyone to see, it is just an honor to have him on the show. Some of the things that we talk about are why Mike got into aviation, how he's able to take his private check ride with only 40.2 hours, why instrument flying is his favorite type of flying, how single pilot 135 IFR flying really taught him how to fly, and the inspiration behind all his videos. I cannot wait to share this episode with you guys. It is going to be a great one. And don't forget, visit our website, pilottopilothq.com. Remember, it is version one of our website. Version two should be coming out soon. So leave some feedback. Let us know what you want on our website. If you want us to have some swag, if you want us to have some clothes, some hats, if you want to have a place where you can share your story in print so everyone can read and anything else that you want on the website, we are very excited to see where that can go. And I want to go ahead and mention this real quick. I'm thinking about adding another segment to this podcast. It's going to be where you get to share your story. You get to leave a five to 10 minute clip of your best, most exciting aviation story. It's going to be there be a good story, a scary story, a, just whatever you want to share with Aviation Nation. I think it'd be another great way for everyone to kind of tell their stories and for everyone to learn either from your mistakes or learn from some of a great decision that you made. I want to go ahead and thank you guys so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to these podcasts. It means the world to me. Thank you for support, whether it's on Patreon, whether it's following me on the website or following me on Instagram. I'm so thankful for all your support. And as always, leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know what we're doing well and what we can improve on. We want to know how we can create the best content possible. If you can't leave a review on iTunes, go ahead and reach out to us at pilottopilothq at gmail.com or head to pilottopilothq.com. Let us know. You can check all of our episodes out there, all the content that we publish is there. And yeah, I really hope to hear from you guys. Like I said before, that helps us create the best content possible hearing your feedback. And without further ado, let's get this episode started. Here's Pilot Wagner. Hey, Mike, thanks for coming on the Pilot to Pilot podcast. Hey, Justin. Well, uh, thanks. Uh, good to be here. Thanks for asking me. Yeah, no problem. Glad we get this to work out. I know um, <laughs> just schedules and aviation are sometimes impossible to match up. And right now it seems to be working out just just barely, but it's going to work out. <laughs> just barely, man. I hope yeah. you get your power back soon, you know? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, losing your power in a hotel pushes the pushes the schedule back and kind of limits me a little bit, but it's going to work out. Yeah, right. So cool. Let's go ahead and get started. And uh, why, okay. why get into aviation? Like, why did you want to be a pilot? You know, that's a really funny story, and I really can't give you, like, a for sure answer on that. I just, one day, uh, I was in college. I'm, I've actually got a degree in Japanese. Oh, wow. Kind of yeah. And I was going to be a translator and uh, all sorts of stuff. And I needed like two credit hours in college. I was running the weather station at Ball State University in Indiana. And uh, I knew all like, all the weather abbreviations and everything and needed these credit hours. And I was like, oh, there's a private pilot writ class. I think I'll go and uh, take that just because, you know, whatever. You know, looks, I know all the weather stuff anyway. So I went in and did that. 
and ended up being friends with the instructor or the teacher. And then one day they're like, Hey, we're going out to the airport in uh, Muncie here. And, uh, you know, it's like 25 bucks for an intro, right? I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? It'll be fun. And then, uh, did that. And well, I really haven't stopped flying since then. So that's, <laughs> that's awesome. kind of what yeah. that went. Yeah. It's amazing what your first flight can do. And I've talked to a lot of people and they've said that the, the first time they've just gotten off the ground, they look out and they see what they can, they look left, they look right. And they look down and they're like, this can be my life. Like, heck yeah. Sign me up. Yeah. Yeah, the funniest thing during my intro ride, I was flying with a guy who uh, uh, is a really, really good instructor, and uh, where he's like, "Hey, let's do some steep turns." I had no idea what anything was, you know, and uh, so I was like, "Okay, sure." And I turn over, and my door comes open, and it's one fifty-two, <laughs> and I'm like, "Holy crap!" I'm looking down. There's no door. He just reaches over, calmly shuts it, and I'm like, "Wow, oh, that's pretty cool." You know, I've, most people probably would have freaked out, but I was like, "No, nah, I get it now." You know, that's that's cool. I got to do this. So. Yeah, you're like that's that's okay that happened. Like I'm not going to fall out. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's funny you bring up a door opening. If I was taking my multi-engine check ride and I was doing an emergency descent in a Seneca yeah. and the door's <laughs> on the right side, so it's where the examiner right. was sitting. And when I was doing it, I put down the gear, I was cranking, and I was coming down, and all of a sudden the door cracks open and the plane just starts buffeting really bad, like kind of oh, like man. what it feels like right before it stalls, but it's just because right. the aerodynamics are all messed up. Like there's nothing wrong with mm-hmm. the airplane. It's just the wind was just not as smooth as what it normally was. So it just started, this whole plane just started shaking. And <laughs> he looked at me and we looked at each other like, what's happening? And then we realized it like two seconds later and we, I've just straightened, I canceled the maneuver and straightened out, straightened level and he just shut the door and then we're good to go. But then it actually yeah. popped on us again later when we we're coming in the <laughs> land. But I think he yeah. liked how I handled the situation and I stayed calm and we were good because that yeah. was a little scary. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's cool. You know, the old, I had a really good pilot one time I was flying with it. Like in the emergencies, like, don't just uh, do something, sit there. That was the best thing he ever told me. You know, if something happens, just wait. Look yeah. around. Just don't freak out, you know? <laughs> For sure, yeah. When I, I had an, an engine failure, like I talked about in other ones, and it took us, I mean, there was about two to three seconds of just straight shock where we didn't know what was going on. And yeah. I think that that reaction helped us out more than freaking out because we were just like mm-hmm. looking at each other like, what is happening? This is not happening. And then it set in and then we're like, all right, let's get the, let's get the business. Let's do this. And let, we went straight yep. back to our training and everything was good. Yeah, it all kind of kicks in. I mean, train hard, you know, it it really does have to come back to you right when you need it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really cool. So you took your first flight when you're in college and um, you said that just right away you knew it was for you. What transpired next? Like, did you go straight into yeah. training like the next day or did you wait a little bit? Um, yeah, no, I, I signed up right there. I was like, hey, first lesson, you know, a couple of days from now and I'm looking at, I mean, I was a broke college kid, you know, I made nothing. So I, and uh, I was like, well, Let's see. Okay. I have a job. I was a Domino's driver all through college. So nice. I had free food basically. Uh, of course it was pizza, but you know, <laughs> it was there's all nothing right. wrong with free pizza, man. No, there, there's not a thing wrong with that. But, uh, so I had enough money I could, you know, pay for a lesson here and there. So I'd like take a lesson every two weeks, you know, and it was, I mean, I was like obsessed with it. I would go and figure out how much I had to work, you know, and how much I had to make in tips and how, you know, and I would actually literally go and set my schedule with, you know, going to class full time and working at Domino's full time and, going okay here's how here's how i'm going to do it and I, it actually worked out i was sitting there i'd keep i didn't have a spreadsheet program at the time i was just keeping it on paper i think i still probably have them somewhere all the uh you know i flew this day and this is how much it cost and here's this day and here's how much it cost and i'm gonna you know now oh crap i gotta work like whatever and you do this and <laughs> i'm kind of like ocd like that but it was uh <laughs> it, it, it was it worked out for me so it uh, was kind of cool for sure i mean i I kind of like the idea of keeping track of things because if you don't mm-hmm. keep track of things, it, your money can start leaving very fast. Like you can yeah, forget it's... how much it costs or you can forget 
what you right. did on that lesson and you have to repeat lessons and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So keeping track is a great idea. And it's a little bit easier now that we have the internet and we, I don't yeah, not say yeah, there wasn't sure. the internet or anything, but now that we <laughs> well, have uh, Excel yeah. and numbers and stuff like that, I mean, everything makes it a little easier. Yeah. Back then, I mean, I was just, a, you know, it was like, uh, the internet was brand new back when I was, I was training. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dating myself a little bit, but it's, uh... no, no worries. seems like you, uh, you still had a good mindset about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely something. I mean, I'd probably do it again in a heartbeat, even though it went through a lot of crap for the first, you know, few years, just like everybody does when they learn to fly. But yep. it was, uh, uh, what was the, uh, God, I saw something about it. It was uh, hot burning desire, you know, just gotta want to do it. You'll do whatever you can to do it. It's Something. very true. And that is very true for any aviation student or anyone that loves aviation. Yep. Because it's something you can't shake and nothing will live up to it. Like you might be happy with your life, but if you mm-hmm. don't, if you don't really follow aviation when it's called you, it's going to, you're going to regret it. I feel like. Oh yeah, I, I, if I didn't do it, I would. I would so hate myself right now. You have no idea. So yeah, how was your private training? Was it was it easy? Did you pick up on things really easily? Did you think it was tough? Yeah. I know you said you had kind of like the weather knowledge and stuff, so maybe that kind of helped you yeah. out a little bit. Um, you know, when I was I was a kid, I have my mom was a school teacher. She was a third grade teacher. So when I was a kid, she taught me how to learn things. Learning how to learn is probably the best thing you can possibly do. But someone would tell me something, and if I'm really into it, I will go and figure it out. I don't care if it takes me a day, 10 days, whatever. I'll just sit there and do it until I figure it all out. And, uh, you know, that was kind of like flying. It's like, oh, if I can't do this maneuver, I'm going to sit here and think about it until I can figure out how to do it. And the next lesson I go up, you know, I'm like limited with money, so I better figure out how to do this. And I'm going to, you know, give it everything I got. And it kind of worked out good for me. I mean, I'm I'm so far out of like all the training stuff now because I haven't done it in so long. I mean, the regulations have changed and everything. Yeah. But back when I was getting my private, uh, you could have your private pilot's license in 40 hours, and I did mine in like 40.2 hours. Something oh, wow. Like and I was like, I will not go over 40 hours, and I did, which I was kind of bummed about, but it was only about like two tenths or something. So. Well, that's incredible because you yeah. can still get your private at 40 hours now, but okay. Okay. the national average is 60. It might yeah, even be yeah. more than 60 now, but when I did, I think it was 60, 65. Right. And you and know, what, what, yeah, what's way, the instrument now? Is it the. Uh, uh, I honestly like don't. Twenty five or something. I think so. I honestly don't something remember. Like to be honest, it, with I you. think it was one twenty five back. I mean, seriously, this is like way long ago. But I, I did it like right at right at the exact time. So yeah, that's well, that's funny. impressive. And one thing, if someone, one thing I will say, the caveat of that, or another way to look at it is, if you're all you, you're building your time, like you're going to build time one way or another. So if it takes you an extra lesson to do anything, and it's going to cost a little bit of money, don't sweat it too much because at the end of the day, it's another hour you can log in your book and it's one step closer. You get into your dream, but do oh, exactly. try to get everything as fast as possible. But yep. if, you, if you take yeah. a couple extra lessons, it's not a big deal. Just you pass yeah, exactly. those check rides. Yeah. Don't, don't cut the corners, man. Make sure you can do everything right. That's for sure. But for sure. That's awesome. So where did you train out of? You said you're up in uh, at ball state and in Muncie area. Muncie, Indiana. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I went to college, college at Ball State. I was actually started out being a music major and uh, decided I could be a rock star without being a music major. That never <laughs> happened. Then uh, I uh, switched over to geography, which is where I got into the weather and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, that was okay, but I decided, yeah, it's really not for me either. It's just kind of something that's interesting, but I can do something else. And then I went to general studies because there was nothing. And then I was like, well, I'm going to be a, this uh, guy with no degree who's been in college for 10 years if I don't do something. And then Japanese <laughs> became a major in uh, Ball State. And I'd studied it on my own for a long time. Kind of a strange story. And uh, I tested out of quite a few years of it. So I ended up getting my degree in Japanese. And that was about a year after I decided I need to get out of college. Yeah. And I'd been, and then right as I was getting the degree, I like started flying. So <laughs> it was kind, awesome. of all, kind of all happened at once. 
So you're in your, you got your private, how long did you, so you did it in 40 hours, 40.2 hours. And then how long do you, how many days do you remember how, like, was that a month? Was it two months? No, it actually took quite a bit of time because I couldn't really afford it. I mean, I, I paid cash for it. I'd like go and work at Domino's and literally have the cash, give it to my instructor. Here you go. Here's the next lesson. And uh, I think it was like $38 and 40 cents for a one fifty two and an instructor for an hour. And it, yeah, I mean, that was, I mean, I don't know why that number sticks in my head, but I remember <laughs> weird things like that. And, uh, we would go and I'd say, oh, here again. But I was doing it every two weeks because that was really, that, that was the limit of the finances, you know, if I didn't yeah. need, get anything. And, uh, but then, he, you know, towards the end, he's like, well, you got to start coming in every week because, you know, you come back and you don't really remember a lot. And I'm like, okay, cool. So started picking up my work and all that. And then, uh, you know, after that, I, I go, I want to say it. I, I can't even tell you how long it took me, nine months, 10 months, something like yeah. that. That's a that's a typical amount of time, but usually people yeah. end up with probably like ninety hours because yeah. they just keep forgetting stuff. For they just, right. I think a lot of times too, it can be a flight school or the flight instructor that kind of, sure. I hate to say it, but they kind of use a student for money mm-hmm. or flight time, which is a, a real issue in the general aviation industry. Yeah, so I, I've seen that before. I mean, I instructed too. I mean, I know well, I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, those guys were nothing like that. I mean, they were great instructors. I had really good instructors. And, yeah. Uh, Still keep in touch with them every once in a while, so it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's funny how the people you first meet in aviation can turn out to be some of either your mentors or the best friends in aviation. Heck yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. And then, so you did your private pilot, and uh, how long did it take before you started training on your instrument? Um, Immediately. As soon as I got my ticket, uh, I was like, okay, time for the instrument rating. And that's actually my bread and butter, man. I love instrument flying. It's like my thing. I love all IFR stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, we can trade jobs if you want. You can do uh, my freight job if you want. <laughs> yeah, 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 man. I, I've done that. Believe me. Yeah. It's a, no, I, I really enjoyed that, and that's actually where I really learned to fly was flying freight, just oh. uh, flying the caravan over the Great Lakes and icing in the winter time, and all sorts of uh, good stuff that you know it uh, it made yeah. me realize I didn't know anything. Oh yeah, you're speaking my language right now. Caravan over the Lake Erie in the winter time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we've probably been to a lot of the same places up there. So. Oh my gosh, I live around uh, the Detroit area. Yep, Detroit City. Yep, yep. yeah, I'm in Detroit City. Yeah, forever. Detroit City. <laughs> Just in case anyone's listening to this, it is. I hate to say this because I don't have anything against anyone up there, but it's probably the scariest airport you'll ever go to. <laughs> oh man, uh, here's my. I got a Detroit City story for you. You can cut this out if you want to, but you don't have to. <laughs> nope. It's uh, and so it's going in. My first, my first time in Detroit, we're going to Murray. I don't know if Murray Aviation still exists there or not. No, it doesn't. It's Aflight now. Yeah, it was Murray Aviation back then. And uh, so I fly, but I'm just, you know, I'm new. I had uh, 1,200 hours when I started flying 135. And like, so I don't know any of the times or anything or any of the, uh, you know, what, what's required now for like starting 135 job. But uh, I'm like flying in and it's around the 4th of July. It's around this time of the year, actually. And uh, I land and taxi over to Murray Aviation. And I'm great. And it's like four in the morning and all the ramp guys, they got a barbecue going out on the ramp. It's awesome. And they're like, Hey man, you want some? Yeah, yeah, this is great. Uh, free food, and I'm hearing, "Hey, nice firecrackers." <laughs> that's not firecrackers, man. That's gunfire. <laughs> <It's> like, really? <laughs> I don't know if they're you know, they were giving me a hard time or not, but I'm pretty sure knowing that area, it probably was gunfire. Oh no, so. it was 100 percent gunfire. There are bullet holes <laughs> yep. all over the airport. They, I'm pretty sure they tell you not to leave the airport. It's like, there's, oh, a, yeah, there's yeah. a good chance you're gonna die. It's like, oh, okay. yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, I've I've had that conversation with a lot of those guys. They're like, hey, I'm gonna go to the McDonald's. I'm like, no, you're not. We'll go get it for you. Yeah, like, okay, <laughs> no, you're fine. Yeah, we'll get it for you. Get a pizza. Do something. Don't leave. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I've uh, the last time I went to Detroit City it was the first time I ever did a zero zero takeoff. So that was oh, fun. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love flying part 91, right? Yep. Yeah, sure. Hey, can you see? Not really well. Go yeah. ahead. And you're good. 
It was funny. The controller, when I got my IFR clearance, he was like, you know, he, he was the same guy on ground because it was really early mm-hmm. in the morning. And he right. was like, yeah, well, uh, you can take whatever intersection you want, whatever, whatever intersection you can find, just go for it. It's like, <laughs> all right, <laughs> we'll do it. And it wasn't nice. truly zero, zero, but it was really right. low. It was low enough yeah. to where it was probably the lowest takeoff I've done. But I mean, it was, yeah. I felt safe the whole time. I could see the lines in front of me and I knew what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And as yeah. soon as I took off, you pop out and it's no issue at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's that little ground fog, man. It's scary stuff though. You're like, wow. Oh, yeah. Especially crazy, like you get up above it. Yeah, you're like, oh, okay, that's all that was. So. Yeah, and especially shooting approaches. The worst approaches are the the ground fog approaches when it's like zero yeah. visibility. I'd shoot an approach with ceilings down to minimums any day over a low visibility approach. Yep. Oh, well, it might be different with the the fancy jets that have all the fancy auto landing and stuff like that. But in my yeah. uh, the third Pilatus ever made, it's uh usually yep. hand flying for me. Yeah, well, don't worry, I fly a Falcon that. Uh, the avionics are glass, but they're not that much glass. So <laughs> there's no auto land involved. Yeah, that's funny. I, I actually really love flying the older planes, though. It's uh, it's still fun to hand fly. And I know a lot of airliners don't have the ability to hand fly as much anymore. I know that they really wish. So I try not to to think past where I am today. And I try to really enjoy the flying that I'm doing while oh, I can. I, yeah. yeah, I'm the same. I usually hand fly up to about 10,000 feet. And I'll, you know, hand fly like visual approaches and stuff. And, uh you know stuff like that just yeah i mean i just like to fly you know that's why we got in it right we didn't get in exactly. it just to sit at a computer the whole day so yeah i mean don't get me wrong i like the uh i like the avionics too but you know you gotta you gotta find what you like and give and take what you're given so. for sure and there's gonna be times when your automation is gonna fail so you need to keep your skills up as much as possible oh heck yeah yeah which you'll learn if anyone's doing their instrument training it's it's very crucial i talked about this before about six-pack training and even just not using the flight director because yeah. there's many times a flight director doesn't work and you're gonna have to learn yeah. how to fly an instrument and you might yep. think it's wacky flying it that way but that's how it used to be done every time yeah no it's crazy yeah it's what do you think about the instrument check ride did you think the instrument check ride was pretty hard or do you think it was about the same like i know uh, a lot of people say that once you take a private check ride you kind of understand what they might ask so the instrument's not as hard but i found the instrument check ride to be the hardest one you know, you're going to laugh at me, but uh, I think uh, the last guy, Stabilizer Motion, actually mentioned this, where he uh, like was on a Microsoft Flight Simulator. Yeah. And, you know, I I did everything great in instrument training except for my NDB, NDB approaches. I was like, for some reason, I couldn't pick it up. I mean, I kind of got how they were, but I was like, man, this is strange. And I had like one of the early uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator things. And you can't feel anything. It's not like stick and rudder stuff, but... Right. You know, the way the avionics work, they work exactly the same. And I was like, okay, I'm going to sit here and figure this instrument approach out. And so I started figuring out NDB approaches. And I must have done, I can't even count how many I did. But I would sit there, you know, all night after classes and stuff. And, you know, as long as I could keep myself awake going, I'm doing NDB approaches. I'm doing NDB approaches. And, uh, you know, my uh, NDB approach on the uh, check ride, the guy's like, look up. And I was like, dead center line on the runway. He's like, that's pretty impressive. So, I, I, like I said, I love instrument flying. It's like my thing. So. Oh, yeah. Instrument flying is a lot of fun. And it's unbelievable how realistic flight simulators got now. Like you said, though, you're not going to get the full motion unless you yeah. get in one of the crazy simulators that there are. But X-Plane, you can fly on your iPad. Like that stuff can just be for you to kind of understand how everything works. You can get your right, general yeah. knowledge from it. And it's a cheaper way to do it. Like it's only going to be like $100 total maybe once you buy everything right. that you need. So if you're exactly. looking into aviation and you're doing your instrument or even doing your private, like go get Flight Simulator to go try it out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that was actually, I mean, like I said, I was limited in funds. So I'm like really sitting there going, I really got to be efficient with this. I've got to, you know, I can't sit here and have this guy do five lessons on NDB approaches, which I would have gotten it by then. But I'm like, 
nope, got to do it on my own, you know, and <laughs> once I get there and once I figured out and the instructor's like, wow, you figured that out in like one day, I'm like, yeah, no, you have no idea how, <laughs> how long that took. <laughs> no, there's something to say about self-study and your own training. It's going to help yeah. if you can learn how to self-study early, it's going to yeah. help you out so much because when you get to the airlines, from what I've heard, or you get to mm-hmm. the majors yeah. or you get to any kind of job, really, right. they're just going to teach you once and it's up to you to remember it and go study yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, you're on your own. You're just like, they're paying you to be here. You better, you know, you better figure it out real quick. Yeah. So it's like you either we'll fill another spot with another pilot that's willing to learn it. Mm-hmm. So you better do it. Yep, yep. So cool. So uh, talk to me a little about the commercial training too. What did you think of that? I always thought commercial was my favorite training. I love the maneuvers. Yeah. I like the chandelles. I like the the lazy eights, or as my instructor called them, we called them the crazy eights. We took them one step yeah. farther. So <laughs> there was a lot of fun. Yeah, I like commercial training. I mean, it was. I mean, the instrument stuff was just where it was all at for me. Um, I just, I mean, I seriously love instrument flying for some reason, uh, but the commercial stuff was fun. I was like, okay, cool. You know, here's some extra stuff you can do. And like you said, the maneuvers were a great time and it was good. And then, uh, by then I was like, I can see kind of making a career out of this. So commercial is cool, but now I'm going to need a CFI, right? You know? Mm-hmm. So I'm just, uh, okay. And the CFI is what basically the commercial maneuvers from the right seat. So I was like, okay, so I better learn this really, really good. Yep. And then, uh, you know, so I, I did my commercial and that didn't, really take all that long. Um, once they saw how committed I was at the school, they really helped me out. And then, uh, you know, as soon as I got my commercial, like that day, the, the chief pilot of the place pulled me into his office and said, Hey, uh, one of the instructors just left and, uh, well, you want a job? And I was like, I don't have a CFI. He's like, get your CFI and you have a job. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so, good. I mean, they didn't pay you anything, but I was like, Hey, I'm going to build time. That's great. So, well, yeah, you're finally going to get paid to fly, which is exactly just a mental win in your mind because you've given them so much money and you've had to pay so much. And now just having the ability to make money is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I it was so, uh, kind of so efficient with the way I did all my flying and keeping track of how much it cost me and everything. I, I did it for like nothing. I mean, compared to like what you could pay for it. And then when I got this job, I'm like, wow, I could pretty much pay for everything I just learned in one year, just, you know, really working hard instructing. So I did that. It's crazy. Once you become a commercial pilot, just so many opportunities can open. Like you said, you can be a flight instructor, you can finally make money and you need to, obviously you need to do it the legal way and not cut corners, but it's, there's going to be opportunities there for you to do it. And it's up to you to find the path that you want to do. Because I mean, as we've learned from most of these podcasts, very rarely has someone taken the exact same path. And that's the Mm -hmm. beauty of aviation is it's kind of up to you. You like, that's where the self-study thing comes in. You kind of just make your own life and you figure it out. Yeah, I mean, it's like, that's kind of, it's funny you say that because it's like a lot of the stuff I do, I really didn't realize until you just said that right now, but a lot of the stuff I do is like, I figured it out on my own. I mean, yeah, there's like tutorial, like now there's tutorials on YouTube or whatever. And, uh, but I like, hey, I want to learn Photoshop. Okay. You know, I've had like no graphic training whatsoever, but I'm like, I think I can make this look like that, but how do I do it? And I'll spend all day doing something like that or, a, you know, like music production. I'm like, wow, this is cool. How do I make this sound like that? Okay, cool. You know, and it's like all kind of builds on itself and it's exactly uh, exactly what you're just saying. Yeah, well, I can say for your self-study's paid off because your Photoshop is really good and <laughs> everyone knows your chemtrail video. So the chemtrail oh, video is hilarious. That's great. Yeah, yeah man, that's too funny. I, have a, I found a lot of nut jobs on the internet from that one. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. That was, I'm sure people thought you were being serious too and thought they were like, yeah. hey, you're, fi- you're one of us. Come out here. We love you. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the reason I kind of did that, it was, uh, it's funny because it was like a, like a 
six-step way to debunk a conspiracy, really. But the, uh, the the first way is, like, who else talking about it? You know, it's like, hey, if there's, like, a bunch of people talking about something, it's probably happening, like Watergate. You know, that was something that they couldn't really hide, or, you know, Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky or whatever. That was, yeah. he's the most powerful guy in the world, and he couldn't hide that. You know, come on. Right. So I was like, you know, chemtrails, and I'm, like, like laughing because it's so ridiculous. So I'm just going, hey, what if I'm that guy that's talking about it? You know? <laughs> <laughs> So that was kind of my thought process and where the comedy came from in that. Yeah, so. and it's so funny just how like chemtrails has like spiraled into this whole big thing where people think that pilots have a special button that they can hit and they're just polluting the the world. So well, yeah, yeah, and if you look at, I think what is it, barium weighs like thirty pounds per gallon or something. So oh, it's wow. really efficient to. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not totally sure, but the atomic weight kind of looks like it kind of weighs that much. So <laughs> that's really. Funny. I know some some real like person can probably figure that out. But. Yeah, that that's really funny. No, it's it's crazy. Let's get back to your um your your time as a flight instructor, if you don't mind. Uh, what was? Do you have any cool stories about being a flight instructor? Do you have any like crazy stories where students try to kill you, or any maintenance issues with your flight school or anything? No, not really. I mean, I had a good, solid flight school. It was just, uh, I mean, they kept their airplanes up really good. Um, you know, I had a couple of times where uh, I had one time there was a student from another school. You know, I was on a downwind for one. He thought he was on a downwind for the same runway, but he was really on. You know, he was coming straight at me. I've had that happen. Um, it was a tower controlled field, Muncie's a class D airspace. And, uh, I had one guy that turned final front, but really, I mean, I, I really had a good time instructing. It only lasted for like a year to the day. It's kind of a funny story how they, uh, how like I instructed and, uh, I started this job and the, the guy, I, the guy that quit and I took the job from, he left and went to this freight place in Toledo, which is where I went after that, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny. He, he kind of kept getting me into places because you he Hey, I'm leaving here. Here's a job opening. And he'd tell me before anyone else knew. That's it's awesome. Like, hey, you know, here, uh, it's, uh, what is it? How do they say? It's like, it's who, you know, it's not really a experience or anything. Oh yeah, for sure. It's aviation is definitely who, you know, <laughs> either overqualified or underqualified or who, you know, so yeah. it's, uh, yeah. that's really funny though. It's, it's, it goes to show though to stay in contact with everyone. Cause you never know who could help you out. Yeah, don't don't burn your bridge. Stay in contact, and you know, this flight school I worked at, and it was a good time. I mean, I was working really really hard and making no money whatsoever. But you know, it was like I think I set the uh, landing record at Muncie, Indiana. I think I had eighty landings in a day, doing touch and goes all day. Oh my gosh! Did you get a plaque? <laughs> no, no, I don't think anyone <laughs> noticed. I just have in my logbook. I mean, that was a lot of landings. I don't think anyone's ever done that before. That's funny. So anyway, this uh, so the flight department closes down because it wasn't making any money, and uh, I'm like, "Huh, what am I going to do now? I have no job." And like literally that day when the flight department said it was closing down, this guy whose instructor job I had, you know, fallen into, said, "Hey, I'm leaving for a, I think he was going to Executive Jet at the time, and he's like, so I'm leaving this place. Here's the chief pilot's number. Give him a call." I'm like, "Okay." So I gave him a call, and lo and behold, the chief pilot answered my call, and he's like, "Hey, well, uh, if you can come over here." Right now, uh, I'll give you an interview. I'm like, okay. So I jumped in the airplane and I went over there and did the interview and got the job. And I was like, eh. so <laughs> not, I'm not so sure I was the best person in the world, but you know, I showed up. So. Yeah, those they needed a pilot. You were there, right place, right time. Exactly. I, it's kind of funny. So, what kind of planes did you fly there? Oh boy, let me see. Well, I flew the caravan, obviously. Yeah. I flew, uh, see, an Aztec. Oh, Az truck. The Az truck. I flew a uh, Metroliner three with dash three engines on it, which was scary. Yeah. Um, flew a, uh, let's see, uh, Beechcraft King Air 100 with the, uh, with the B100 with the, uh, Garrett engines on it. Okay. And see, I was uh, right seat in the Lear 24 and a 35. Oh, nice. So, so you, you got a good, a bit of experience there. 
Yeah, that that place taught me how to fly. I mean, that was the place where, you know, the first year I was there, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to live or not through this because it's so much. I realized I was not a good pilot. And I was like, man, I've got to go. I got to like get really, really (laughs) into this. Yeah. Man, I really I really don't know anything. So, yeah, after flying 135 for just a couple months, I've gained so much respect for anyone that either makes this a career or does this as just does this at all because it is some serious flight time that they get and yeah, they fly yeah, you, during the worst weather. Every like very you're always heavy, something's always going wrong, you're always tired, so it there's a lot on the pilot. Yeah, yeah, it's if I didn't scare myself a little bit like, you know, every week or so, I was like, man, something's not right. <laughs> so, I know, right? If you weren't like kind of up on the edge of your seat, then you're behind the plane or something's going wrong. Something, yeah, something's yeah. about to happen. I, I was like, I'm too comfortable right now. What am I missing? That was kind of my whole attitude the whole time I worked there. So That's a good that, attitude that, to have because yeah. you don't want anything bad to happen when you're in IFR or bad yeah. weather. Sure thing. Yeah, and I've definitely learned to hunt, even 135, like very rarely are the winds calm wherever you go. It's always a very steep crosswind or it's gusting 30 gusting 40 and right. there's was, there was one time i actually had to land with a, a 37 knot quartering tailwind because <laughs> if i didn't do that the impending the thunderstorm that was producing that tailwind would have eaten my plane alive and it just would have been yeah, terrible exactly. so i had no other yep. choice but to land so yeah that was uh that was a fun time but you learn from the mistake you learn from i don't want to say mistakes because i mean they just learn from situations yeah and one i think 135 flying is kind of for a while there i feel like it wasn't as respected as what it should be just because i think they kind of look down on the guys but i think airlines and people hiring really see the the value of that time oh yeah absolutely that's like i mean that's that's the hardest time i think there is you know it's like i don't know like you're saying there's always something going wrong there's always you know something not working quite right and there's always your your back's always against the wall somewhere and you're just like and I worked for a really good company. I'm not, <laughs> it wasn't a bad company at right. all. But I, yeah. these people I hear going to the horror stories coming from like some of the real bad cargo carriers. I'm like, wow, you know, oh, that's yeah. impressive. I work for a really good 135 company as well. Priority Air Charter, they take amazing care of their air, airplanes. And yeah. the parent company's preferred air parts, which is one of the more well known auto, or <laughs> not auto parts, but uh, plane part companies in the country and <laughs> arguably the world. So it's, it's pretty cool. But yeah, no, it's, it's definitely some fun flying and it definitely, definitely can scare you into being a, a good pilot and making wise decisions. Yeah, no kidding. And you know, it's a, the thing is now I really don't scare myself that, you know, I mean, every once in a while, something will make you nervous, you know, something random will happen, but now it's like, okay, well, it's not as, you know, the things aren't happening like back then and where I'm not ready for it. at least, you know, I kind of pre-planned for everything. So it's. Just having good experience, I suppose. For sure. I don't want to say you've seen it all as a 135 pilot because there's obviously things that can happen, but you see a good amount to kind of yeah. mitigate your fear and kind of recognize stressful situations. Yeah, you know you can deal with stuff. That's yeah. basically what it teaches you. You're like, okay, I got this. You know I mean? It's like, okay, now it's time to be careful. And it's like a little, like a sixth sense or something. Something in the back of your head, you know, something isn't right in the job. And now I'm like, something's not right. You know, that little thing clicks in my head because probably that experience I had way back flying charter or whatever so yeah no for sure you could you definitely develop this little sixth sense of Mm -hmm. recognizing when just like all right something's not right like something doesn't sound right something doesn't feel right that doesn't that doesn't normally say that and you you're kind of more in tune with the plane yeah yeah exactly or just even like a situation like man you know i've had so many times where i've been like i don't know like a notum or something you know like we get these packets of notums like 70 of them are like man there's just something looks funny in this and i'll oh like your page three hey look this runway is closed why didn't anyone tell me you know there was one time I was uh, I was flying. We do we have an SIC program at our company, and I was mm-hmm. flying into I was flying to Niagara, and they have one longer runway and they have one shorter runway. And I chose right. the yep. longer runway at night. It was 
more out of the way because you know freight sometimes you want to get as fast as possible you choose the straight end runway but it's more out of the way but we go to so many random airports at night you know that most of the time only the long runway is actually lit up and i i can't remember if this time if the runway is closed or what but my choice going to the longer runway and the sic was like why don't you just go to this runway he's like are you are you too afraid to land on the lo- the shorter runway he's like no it's like my previous experience has shown me that exactly. that's not the best idea to make give me a long runway you know i'll take the crosswind that's fine as long as it's not a limit to the airplane i'm good with that you know like I can deal with, I can deal with the wind. I just, I need, I'm pretty heavy. I need to stop when I can stop. And granted, I fly a PC-12 in a caravan and they can pretty much do anything, but you still don't want to take the plane to its limits. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's awesome. So how long did you fly freight for? Um, It was actually, let me see, the, the flight instructor thing, like last, I mean, it was like a year to the day. It was like October 15th. I got hired and like October 15th, I started my charter job. And then I flew a uh, flew charter for basically three years and I've been with the same corporate place here, uh, since 2000. Oh, nice. That's awesome. So you went from charter to corporate. Would you ever think about the airlines at all? Were the airlines ever calling your name? Um, yeah, actually, I was like, you know, it's, you know, flying is cool. I mean, I just want to experience it all. I'm not, I don't really have like this. So oh, I got to do this or this or this. But I was like, you know, I mean, the airlines are where to be and whatever. So I'll get my little jet time here and there, you know, my, my corporate jet time or whatever. And then I'll go and uh, go to the airlines and then uh, one morning, September 11th happened, and I had a couple interviews set up, and then the interviews went away, and I was like, you know, maybe that's a sign. Maybe I should just stay, you know, maybe I should stay corporate, and that's what I did. Yeah, well, it seemed to work out, so. Yeah, it did. I mean, you know, it's it's random in aviation how it, it's timing, and you have no control over that timing, and I've got a lot of friends that have gone through a lot of crap, and I'm just, I feel so bad for them, you know, it's like, oh, mm. man, <laughs> I, I think I've had it easy compared to them. For sure. Did you get furloughed at all with uh, your corporate job, or? I've never been furloughed. I have, uh, I've missed all that. You know, I have, I mean, it's just luck. That's all, that's all I can attribute it to. There's no, uh, <laughs> there's no skill involved in that. It's just the oh, right time at the right place. Yeah, there is, there is, that's all luck. It's no skill at all. There's, it's so unfortunate when people get furloughed because there's really like when, when airlines start furloughing, there's no other jobs from the get. They already have pilots yeah. and they're not going to hire anyone new. Well, it's exactly, it's like if a company furloughs and there's like, you know, a thousand people coming from, someplace all looking for the same job and there's only 200 jobs i mean what's going to happen you know it's like you know i guess i'm going to the home depot or something and you know (laughs) which isn't a bad job but it's not flying so yeah i mean you're being called to be a pilot so why not yeah that's one of i forget i think it was kurt was talking about to always have a backup plan you know it's like he went to the national guard and tried to do air traffic control it's like you got to see you got to see what the airlines what they are see the industry for what it is and it's not always going to be where it is it's constantly moving up and down and you got to weather the storms and enjoy the good times and in the good times you got to prepare for the bad times and that could right. mean maybe getting another skill maybe doing some other things just to just to keep your name out there and stay involved and don't just be comfortable with where you're at always be looking to how to improve it yeah exactly i mean i look at aviation a lot like investing like you know people talk about warren buffett and stuff and it would be like you know always uh be greedy when people people are yeah, people are fearful and be fearful when people are greedy. You know, it's a pretty simple saying, but, you know, the aviation industry, when I got into it and I was flight instructing and everything, there was like no jobs. Like, oh, this is the stupidest industry to ever be in. Don't be in it. It's, you know, I was at, uh, it was US Air had been bought by somebody and they became US Airways and I was, you know, and everything was going bad and they'd gone bankrupt and taken pensions. And I'm like, wow, this is horrible, but I just like to fly, so I'm going to do this. And then really, they got really good back in what was 2005 or 2006 and everybody's like, oh, this is the best place ever to be right now, and, you know, great. And then, you know, the market crashed in 2008, and then, like, everybody's out of jobs again. And then it, it seems to be, you know, it cycled down, and then now it seems to be cycling up. I'm not going to say right now that it's on this huge up cycle or anything because I think maybe it'll, it might be different this time. 
but you know, right now everyone's like, Hey, let's go. And you know, it's a good time to be in it, but I don't know. I think maybe this time might be different. So yeah, no, this from the general consensus about this time, it feels like maybe they have it figured out more yeah, than they did yeah. in the past. I feel like exactly with the way that they kind of have kind of consolidated the three companies, three major airlines. And right. I feel like that, I think it was Warren Buffett that even said that right now is the best time to kind of get involved with the airlines because they, mm-hmm. it's kind of like how the railroad railroads were back in the day. Once yeah, they shrunk yeah. down the competition and they kind of figured out the market and it's a crazy that it took them what, 50 years to figure it out. But now that they <laughs> have it, they, Warren Buffett was talking about how now is the best time to get to invest in an airline or to buy an yeah. airline or even just become a pilot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that now there's, I think there might be something to it. I think it might be able to keep going up now. Whereas before, you know, you could see kind of like, writings on the wall like okay well there's not gonna be that many jobs left i mean 2008 that market crash was horrible so and it seems to be not having those problems now so yeah and it also helps that there i think those market crashes in september 11th really deterred people from getting in aviation and that has kind of helped out Mm -hmm. where they need pilots like it doesn't even if the market crashes i feel like there's still going to be a need for pilots the pay might not be as well but there's still going to be jobs out there there will be yeah for sure at least we hope so you never know yeah Never yeah, say yeah. never in this industry, right? Yeah, never say never and always have a backup plan. That's always all you can do. Always have a backup plan. I liked what Kurt said from Stabilizer Emotions episode about how <laughs> always live a little bit below your means. Don't ever extend yourself too far yeah. because then that's when it comes back to bite you. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Sa- save sure. your money and don't uh, don't go buy the 300,000 RV just because you can, you know? I know, right? But I want it so bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait till you have 600,000 in the bank, then go buy the 300,000 yeah, RV. See, that's the good so, way to think about it. That's the that's- way to do it. But, you know, we're pilots and we're very impulsive and we can't make those decisions. We have those type A personalities. We can't help it. (laughs) Yeah, no. It it looks cool and I want it now. Exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. So your time at corporate, how have you enjoyed time at corporate? Do you wish you would have gone to the airlines? Are you kind of happy with how everything played out? I'm happy how it played out. You know, this this, uh, place I work at now is giving me time to do everything else I do. And believe me, I do a lot of stuff. It's, uh, I mean, the airlines would be cool, but, you know, it's. I mean, I don't even know the schedule. I'll talk to some of my friends that are there and they're like, well, I'll be doing three and two and four and three for the rest of my life. And I'm like, that's cool. You know, I mean, as long as you're based there, but yeah, right. you know, fighting, fighting for a ride somewhere. I just like, ah, that, that just, that would like wear on me, I think. So yeah, I'm, I'm really happy how it turned out. And I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad it turned out this way. Actually, it's just kind of like come to the fork in the road, you take it, something like that. So I did. So here I am and, you know, make the best of it and not going to complain about it. For sure. I mean, it goes to say like, you can make your own plan for aviation. Like you can write down on a sheet of paper, your goals, the major airline you want to work for, the corporate company you want to work for, but don't be disappointed if that doesn't work out. And don't just limit yourself to that company. If someone else comes calling, take the job. Heck yeah. <laughs> like if you want to go to American, but Delta wants to hire you, like you would be so dumb to not work for Delta or right. yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. yeah, exactly. It doesn't even, it doesn't even matter. Even if it's an airline that may not be as, as prominent as it once was or struggling a little bit, but like, it's yeah. still a, a good job to fly. And the, even the airlines are cyclical. Like that one might be higher than the other one. They all go through different phases. One pays right, more yeah. than they pay the less and one pays more than they pay the worse. So you never right, know yeah. what could happen. Yeah. You'll see it through the next contract negotiations. I'm sure with like, you know, whoever goes through their contract negotiation, they're going to get this huge raise or maybe they won't, who knows, but whatever happens then everyone's going to have to play catch up with them. Then they'll get a little bit better. You know, it's, kind of like raising the bar. It's kind of funny how it works. It is very funny how it works. And it's funny how fast it can go away too. Cause mm-hmm. I know after yeah. September 11th, like pay cuts dropped immediately, like 50%. Yeah. Yep. No pensions, you know? I've, yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's kind of a, a sore subject. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not with me. I'm yeah. a, I'm a finance person and, yeah. uh, and it was, uh, I've, you know, talked to enough people that, uh, you know, used to work at United or wherever and all these 
took half a million dollars of my pension because we went bankrupt and then, well, the pension's technically the airline. So it's like, yeah, well, I, I know I've said this before, but my dad worked for American or US Airways at the time and they went bankrupt twice and I don't even know if he has his pension back yet. So Yeah, you know, so you know how it goes. It's I mean, I I'm, I'm a big fan of like the 401k's now and stuff like that just because they it's kind of yours. Yeah. So for sure, they can't yeah, do that it's too. your money and they can't they mm-hmm. can't they don't right. have it being held in a foreign bank. <laughs> yep, exactly. So, kind of shady, but you know. The Bahamian government isn't involved. Yeah, right, yeah. Kind of weird, but you know, yeah. it is what it is, and it's unfortunate that it happened. Yep, yeah. But yeah, good to learn for it. Look at history and try not to repeat it, something like that. So. Yeah, and I know we were talking about earlier how you're kind of, you're more, you're involved with your company too. Would you recommend someone get involved with a union or get involved with the company side of the, if they have the opportunity? Yeah, sure. I mean, I would think that it would be good if, uh, you know, Come see like like the management side or you know the union side of something. It would be a good thing to see. I mean, there's good and bad in both. So I don't know. I mean, I, I would say yeah, yeah, definitely do that. All right, Mike. I have a rapid fire section for you. I know if uh, if you listen to the podcast, you kind of will know what the kind of questions I'm going to ask. So if you don't mind, I'm going to ask some of those right now. Yeah, go for it. All right. What's your favorite airplane? Just overall favorite airplane. SR seventy one. Cool. Good choice. What's your favorite airport you've ever flown to? You know, that's a tough one. I don't really have one. Um, probably somewhere out west, probably in the mountains. Maybe yeah. Telluride, but maybe not. I don't know. Hard to say. There's a lot of them. I've been to a lot of really cool airports. So. I've been close to Telluride. I've been to Durango, Colorado, which is just south of Telluride. My buddy and I, we wanted to go grab lunch in Telluride, but I think the weather was getting kind of bad, and I heard that's not the best yeah. place to have bad weather. So, Yeah, no, it really isn't. We decided against it. <laughs> All right, so what's your favorite aviation Instagram account to follow? Virtual reality. Virtual reality. V E R C H. Okay. I think I've seen you tag them a couple times. Yeah, she's also the blonde girl in the Kim Trails and I video. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Yeah, she's my buddy. That's awesome. Had to mention her page. Always. But I have a lot of, I actually have a lot of other Instagram pages I follow, like, God, what was it? Combat Learjet pilot stuff, LB Jack pilot. Yeah, those are Um, good dudes. Pilot Vlogs, he's awesome. Yeah, Pilot Vlogs is good for sure. Yeah. Pilot Vlogs and I, we we go way back. We've been talking for a while. I saw him when he first started, and he's he lived in Columbus, and I lived kind of northeast Ohio, so we kind of nice. talked a lot. So it was good. Yeah, yeah, he seems like a cool guy. Yeah. Do you prefer long trips or short trips? Long trips, longer long the trips. better. Yeah, like longer as flying or a longer time out on the road. Uh, longer as flying, longer yeah. legs. Give me a six hour leg, I'm happy. I mean, I don't like bouncing around the northeast doing you know forty five minute legs five or six a day. I'd rather do coast to coast, coast to coast. I mean, they just that's my personality. I like doing that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, I'd agree with you. I'd rather be in the air for four or five hours. I'd, I'd rather sit back, relax, kind of take it in. I feel like the more takeoff and landings you do, the more stressful it can get and the tired you're, the more tired you're going to be. And plus, you got to clean the plane like four or five times, you know, instead yeah, of like yeah. once. <laughs> that's <So>. very true. <laughs> I didn't think about that side of it because I don't have to clean up the plane because the freight doesn't really make too much of a mess. Oh, that's true, yeah. <laughs> freight also doesn't complain when you have a bad landing. That's true, too. All right. If you weren't a pilot, what would you want to be? Uh, boy, you know, I could I could see myself being in finance or being maybe a, well, probably a, run a studio or be a musician, which I do that already. But uh, um, could possibly be, possibly be a translator too. Cool. So there's a lot of options for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, always have a backup plan or two yeah. three or four of them. For, yeah, or ten. You know, never know. Yeah. Have a backup for the backup for the backup. Exactly. Yeah. Would you rather fly a Piper or a Cessna? Um, both. I like them both actually. Yeah. Yeah, I live in, actually. I live in a town where a piper is made, so I oh, can't really wow. say anything bad. Yeah, pipe, you can't so. say anything bad. That probably employs half your town. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, it does. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah, the, my favorite plane for a while was the Piper Arrow because that was the first plane that actually had some power to it that I've ever flown. But then, yeah. 
I moved on to Cessna 310, which then became my favorite plane. And now I have fly the Pilatus. So that's my favorite plane. So I think it's whatever yep. plane I'm actually flying now is my favorite. plane. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did my conversion on an arrow. So I know what you yeah. mean about that. And I flew the caravan for us. So I love Cessna. I flew in the Citation 10, the ultra stuff like yeah. that. So good times. Yeah. It's, it's cool that Cessna kind of takes the same guts of every single plane and tries to make it as similar as possible. Exactly. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. All right. What's one plane that you've always wanted to fly, but you never had the chance to, you know, I really, um, don't know. Actually, I have some starship time, so that was kind of cool. So I really actually, I actually got to fly the starship. I haven't talked to many people. I've gotten a chance to do that. Yeah. I was a 300 hour instructor. I was in the right seat. I didn't even, you know, it was like the first time I'd ever been in the flight levels, but Hey, I got time in the starship. But, oh, for sure. That's so cool. Um, Those are some funky looking airplanes. It's an interesting yeah. design. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know if the plane I want to fly has been built yet. I want to do something that goes kind of, you know, up on the edge of space, does that kind of stuff. You can get to Tokyo in two or three hours and you know, probably cool. all over that when it does, but yeah, maybe the G650, I don't know, yeah. something. All right, would you rather fly over cities, mountains, the country, or the coast? Um, I'd rather do coast to coast and fly over all of it, actually. <laughs> there you go. That's a good answer. I never even thought about that. All right, what is one thing you always have to have on you when you fly? Oh, uh, boy, pr- uh, probably, uh, probably some kind of media recording device. Right now i got a GoPro with me and a Sony A6000 and uh, my iPhone. So yep. <laughs> something, if I see something cool, I'm going to take a picture of it and probably post it and annoy people. For sure. that's the, I would agree with you. I'd say it's something to, to record and obviously to do it safely and to figure out the best time to do it because there's a time and place for both of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I won't do it in the airplane if I'm, you know, other, I mean, but usually, like we go to so many interesting places. I'll be like, oh, that's a cool mountain. You know, I'll take a picture of that or whatever. So yep, for sure. What's the favorite flight you've ever had? Oh, boy. Um, you know, there, there's been several, I could say. Um, I think maybe one was the first time I flew a jet. That was kind of cool. It was a, like an old Lear 24. Yeah. And that, that thing was a rocket. That, I mean, that's just memorable because, hey, the first time, you know, you, you don't have a prop pull and you got jets pushing you. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it is really and cool. And it, it's, it's just different. It's like, oh, that's, you know, there's no propeller. It's like, wow, that's kind of neat. So Yeah, you can actually see out in front of you if you're – because I'm flying single-engine yeah. props, so there's always a prop mm-hmm. spinning in front of me. But when you got jets in the back, you there's nothing obstructing yeah. your view at all. Yeah, yeah, and it's just kind of the, the noise is different, you know. It's like, oh, that that's neat how the throttles move and the wind moves like that or whatever. But um, that was one of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, trying to think. Uh, see, well, for, when I when I flew a Starship, that was cool because that was just an odd airplane. I knew it was an odd airplane that I probably uh, would never see again. So that, that was neat. A, that is definitely an odd airplane. That's a good word yeah. to use for that. Yeah. Um, boy. Uh, first time I flew as a captain on a jet, maybe, you know, I was responsible for it. That, that was a, that was a good flight. That was in the Citation Ultra. But, cool. And, uh, first time I successfully landed the Citation 10. <laughs> That's it's pretty a, cool. It's, it's a tricky little airplane, but once you get it, it's not bad. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, cause the wings are so low. You got like, you, you don't really do the old dip the wing crosswind correction or you catch a wing. So. Oh, wow. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Those wings are, I can't remember the exact number. Someone that flies the 10 will probably rip on me for this, but I think it's like, <laughs> Three and a half or four degrees nose up and three degrees of bank and you'll catch a wing. Oh, so, wow. it's, so you know, you just didn't dip a wing in a crosswind. Yeah, I <laughs> and could then I, that would get a little bit tough to get used to after a while. Yeah. Actually, it's not, uh, I came to the Falcon. The Falcon sort of the same way. And I was just, uh, you're like, okay, watch out for the wings are low. And it's like, what'd you fly before? And they're like, oh, the 10. He's like, oh, don't worry. You have no problem with this. Yeah, it's like, you'll be fine. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> yeah, you're all right. <laughs> I got, uh, let's see. Here's another one. What's the hardest check card you've ever taken? Hmm. You know, it was kind of funny. Here's here's an interesting story. I had a when I flew the uh, King Air 100, it was the first check ride I had ever had with the feds. Mm-hmm. And I mean, my CFI, I actually ended up getting lucky in my DE back during my CFI days was one of the people that the feds actually trusted enough to not have a fed with them. So I ended up not doing my CFI with the feds. So I had to do a 
I did it with him and he knew me and you know that actually worked out good because I don't know he, he went pretty hard on me but he didn't uh, he didn't try and kill me off with you know stupid questions I couldn't answer or anything but um, the first time I did it with the feds it was funny because I'm sitting there looking at this airplane manual I'm just like I gotta go fly this with the feds tomorrow I, I sat there and literally read the entire manual of the airplane like <laughs> and was uh, taking it like it was a double check right me and another guy because we just bought the airplane and we both had to get checked out and yeah you know for whatever reason it just like all absorbed into me and I, the next day we the check ride came and I was answering like every question. I was like, I can't believe I remember all this. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was stressful, but it was, it was cool how, it, I don't know, maybe the stress made me like remember things better or something. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe uh, putting yourself on the spot helped you remember everything. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Here's one for you. Who in the industry would you like to meet? Um, boy. Well, first I'd like to meet you in person, but there we go. you know, hey, that'd be perfect. Cool. That's what everyone uh, should say. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> that would um, be cool. Yeah, the guy from ATC memes. I like those guys. They're kind yeah, of funny. That'd be really uh, cool. Combat Learjet. I'd like to meet him, buy mm-hmm. him a beer or something, uh, pilot stuff too. Yeah. What do you love most about aviation? Um, kind of just the oddity of it where it's not like a normal cubicle job. You know, you don't have to go sit in a cubicle from nine to five every single day, go to the same place, see the same people. You just, uh, it, it's kind of all over the place where uh, I will, you know, one day I'm here and there. I mean, it's kind of weird having... I don't have a set schedule, but have enough of a schedule that I know where I'm going to, you know, I know when I'm going to be working at least. Right. There's and, definitely you know, an, it's definitely an yeah. odd career. That's for sure. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's not normal enough for me. It kind of works for me. I don't, you know, I would hate to sit at a desk and <laughs> do a desk job or something definitely. after you know, knowing that and it's fun. It's challenging. It can, uh, it's rewarding. It's scary. You know, at times you can scare yourself for sure, but yeah, yeah the upside definitely outweighs the downside. And, uh, I don't know. It's just, uh, I don't think I do it any different. Yeah, I would completely agree. All right, here's one. What's the hardest approach you've ever flown or most challenging approach that you fly? Okay, uh, let me see. Well, there is uh, oh, that fun one into JFK where you follow the lights. I haven't done yeah. that one. We do that, we do that one in a sim quite well. We used to. We haven't done it in a while, but I, I flew it for real once. It's like an RNAV or something. Yeah, I did the, I think it's a Canarsie VOR. And the first time I ever went to JFK and Applatus, I had to do that. I had to fly the lights over the city. So I've actually done that before. It is interesting and it's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. um, Obviously, the mountain airports are always uh, challenging because, you know, you're never, even actually, we just flew it uh, just yesterday, the RNAV into Santa Monica, which Santa Monica is going away. It's kind of sad, you know, it's, uh, they're uh, shortening the runway so jets can't get in there, basically, is what they're trying to do. And uh, what is it? They're like, uh, somebody's charging them $3 million to shorten the runway. I was like, give me a paintbrush and $3 million. I'll go do it. You know, yeah, I know, right. I'll paint a bunch of X's on that bad boy. <laughs> exactly. Going on. Yeah. In fact, That's I was just fun. in, I was, I was like, man, this is probably the last time I'm going to be in here, you know, but that RNAV is, uh, there's a fix called darts on the RNAV to a uh, two one. And if we're not configured by darts, you're really behind the airplane and you got to oh, yeah. do it. <laughs> and uh, of course we had some King here doing maneuvers and we ended up yeah, being configured but getting behind it anyway because the uh, the of guy course. was at our altitudes. So we're like, oh man, what's he doing doing maneuvers on this approach? You know, and so we hopped over him and you know, he was the airplane. You gotta but, love uh, some people in aviation, right? They just don't understand. Oh, yeah. yeah, but it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. at the end of the day, it's all in good fun. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, we we landed successfully. The approach was fine. You know, we were we were stable by the uh, final approach fix, so no big deal. But all right, here's one for you. What's your favorite airport food to eat? Airport food? Yeah. Hmm. Well, I don't know if it exists anymore, but I used to work at the restaurant at Muncie, uh, the Muncie Airport in Muncie, Indiana, and it was pretty good. Okay. I like, yeah, I like a little small town airport food. That's always yeah. good. 
It used to be called Vince's, and then uh, it, was, it was owned by the guy who drew Garfield, uh, Jim Davis. No way, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. So I ended up, you know, we ended up getting to meet him because we worked for him, basically. But I don't, I'm pretty sure he got rid of it, and then it turned into something else. And uh, after that, I have no idea. I mean, I haven't been to back to Muncie in probably ten years, so right. I have no idea what's going on with it right now. Yeah, I, yeah, for sure. What's your favorite airline livery? Hmm. Well, you know, I, I like the way uh, Southwest does stuff with their airplanes. They're kind of cool. Yeah. You know, just. Paint the whale on stuff, you know, Shamu on one of them. And yeah, those are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I would agree with you there. Yeah. And then let's see. The last one I have for you is what's your favorite city to overnight in? Oh boy. There's quite a few of those. Um, Give me a top three. Okay. Um, in the old days, I really liked Reno, Nevada. It was really cool. We had a really cool Hilton there. It doesn't exist anymore, but the rooms were massive and just we would randomly just randomly good things would happen you know in reno you just uh, not gambling wise but i'm just like <laughs> yeah. wow this is just a cool overnight everything cool happens here yeah, yeah. like w- one night i was uh sitting there i heard like this band playing and it was uh and there's like a fairgrounds right beside it if you ever go to reno it's i don't remember what it's called it's got like a driving range it's over water or something and uh it used to be a hilton it's not now and i'm like oh this is cool i wonder who this is so i open my open my window because you could open windows back in those days and <laughs> And I'm looking at it, and it's Poison. You know, they're they're playing like the full concert. I'm like, oh great! No I'm watching Poison from my hotel room. This is like the coolest thing ever. That's and, pretty cool. Uh, and it, 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 the sad part is, I saw them back when I was in high school, and it was, they were doing the exact same set. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> they got to like, be going insane. Yeah, this sounds like, wow, familiar. You're you're playing the exact same Kiss cover song for your uh, your encore. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that is but, pretty crazy. Well, cool. So let's talk a little about your Instagram page. It's uh, Pilot okay. Wagner. And uh, what yep. kind of inspired you to do it? Did you just want a place to post your, your media or what did you want to do with it? Well, like everything with me, it's a kind of a circular story. I'm, uh, I've been like like a day trader or whatever. The guy that taught me to day trade, his name is Timothy Sykes. And uh, he kind of got me into it. He's got like 800,000 followers or something. And he was a good student of another guy. And, you know, he, he became a friend of mine. We kind of like, okay, that's, that's cool. And he would... Uh, He's like, hey, you should get an Instagram. I had an Instagram account, but I never really paid much attention to it. And so I did. And I was like, well, I'll just post pictures or whatever. And then all of a sudden I started noticing all these aviation pages. Like, wow, that's kind of what I do. So that's kind of neat. And then started seeing like everybody else's stories. And like, I kind of do that too, but I kind of do it different. So maybe I'll put my own thing up. And, you know, I'll like, I'll like have something in my head like, hey, what if I take a selfie out of the airplane, you know, and make people think it's real and, you know, Photoshop <laughs> something like that. And then, you know, so combining kind of everything I do, I'm like, this is really fun. So, and you, you, I met a lot of people that way too. I met you that way. So, right. yeah. And it's just, it's kind of a real cool little community and uh, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping sure it keeps growing. So. For, yeah, it's just going to keep growing. And I'm sure people are tired of me talking about it, but the aviation Instagram community is incredible. Like it's, it's such a tight knit family. Like you can reach mm-hmm. out to anyone you want and they'll, they'll DM you back. They'll talk to you. It's like yeah. you and I, we've been talking for a while trying to figure this out and right. I ask you advice and I, I'd reach out to you like you're a mentor and I reach out to other people too. And other people like, it's just so cool how it can connect people. Yep. Yeah. The only, only bad question is the one you don't ask, you know? Yeah, for sure. And there might be times when we're flying and we can't respond. So it doesn't mean we're not sure. there to talk to you. It's just, we've been busy exactly. or retired, but we get back to you whenever we can. Yeah. So, yeah. So you, you've posted some cool stuff. I know, um, especially that, uh, you taking the selfie out of your plane, there was a, <laughs> That thing kind of took off. That was awesome. That, that thing went viral. That was yeah. funny. It was. It honestly, it was probably one of the best ones I've seen. So you did a great job. Yeah, that, yeah. That was actually a GoPro footage. It was actually a, a moving video, and I stuck myself out the window like that. And the uh, 
the tide just happened to blow up with the wind like that. And I caught that frame perfectly. And I was like, yep, there's my Photoshop place, you know, and you know, I, I'd gone to Chicago like months earlier and like snapped a shot of Chicago. Oh, look, there's Chicago, you know, and I was like, you know, that'll fit perfectly in the background. <laughs> that is so cool. I, I put the two together and um, it's so funny how many people believe that was real. Yeah, so. I couldn't believe that. I was reading the comments and people were like, this is so unsafe. How's he doing? I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you really think this guy could do this right now? Like, do you not understand planes at all? <laughs> It's like I'm wearing sunglasses. I'm like holding on to actually it's a little travel tripod. I hold so it looks like there's like three little things. And people got into argument about the three little things, how the selfie stick like it was more than one. And I'm just, just laughing at this and going, Oh, it's a GoPro on the end of a tripod, you idiots. But Oh yeah, I know, right? It's like don't overthink things, guys. Like it is yeah. as simple as a Photoshop photo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not that hard to cut stuff out and put a background to it. Yeah, so. no, it's not. But you did a very like it's very precise and there's not much <laughs> there's not much to give it away that it is Photoshop. So I could see how yeah. someone without any knowledge could kinda like, well, yeah, hey, yeah, wait yeah, a yeah, second, definitely. what's that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that, uh, yeah, I mean, I've had friends go, no, actually I had people on Instagram, go, Hey, uh, can you redo that selfie? I'm like, well, yeah, just uh, <laughs> give me just a little time with Photoshop. It'll be fine. That's really funny. Yeah, I can do anything. Yeah. What do you want me to do? Photoshop. Yeah. The world is yours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just tell me yeah. what's in your head and I'll get it out there. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. And then obviously people know you from the videos that you made. What was the inspiration behind those videos that you made? Um, actually the, uh, the first video I did was Teeterboro. That was the one that really went big for me. And, uh, that was the random thing with the, uh, with Teeterboro was, um, I had like, you know, I, I'd done music for a long time. So I knew how to do like multi-track recording. And I was like, I wonder if you could do that with video, like where you put like more than one of you in a certain place at the same time. And yeah. sure enough, you could, it was a program called Final Cut Express back then. And it was like a trial offer or whatever. So I had like a green screen and some really bad lights and some clothes pins and I hung it up and, you know, I look at it now, it just makes me sick because of how bad the editing was. But, you know, I put it up and no one had done that before. So, and I mean, like I said, yeah, I try and think of like the comedy of that and the, uh, you know, Teeterboro, like Kokomo, the Beach Boys song that I took that from or I parodied it. You know, it's all about paradise and where you're going. Teeterboro is like all about like, you know, this is like pilot hell, you know, we got to yeah. go to Teeterboro. Today. Not and, paradise uh, at all. No, no. So it's kind of, that's kind of where the, the funniness of it came, I suppose. But I, so I, I just did, I didn't think it would do anything really. And uh, I was in Maine at the time when I posted it after I'd edited it for probably six months or something because I really, I really didn't have any need to get it out quick and uh, we flew to teeterboro from wherever we were in maine and i got there people like looking at me i'm like do i smell funny what, what what's wrong <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out this thing had like in like an hour it had four thousand hits which was a big deal back then and uh so then i'm like looking someone's like watching it on their ipad while i'm going by i'm like whoa that's cool you know so that thing did what it did and got to know some people from like aopa and ain and stuff from that and that you know, kind of built on stuff and then uh the last one I did, it was just kind of a kind of an idea I had. Uh, the chemtrails and I, I always wanted to do something with chemtrails just because it was so ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, wait, chemtrails yeah. aren't real? What are you talking about? Well, they're real. They're real. <laughs> so <laughs> trust me. Um, once you get into the big leagues, we'll uh, we'll get you up here and we'll oh, show you where the switches. <laughs> soon, soon enough, I'll be able to I'll be able to pull pull the chemtrail button. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's all combat, Learjet, and pilot stuff, and I had, kind of have a lock on it. But oh, anyway, man. I'll watch you do it. Then how about that? Yeah, okay. Well, we'll let you in. It's cool. No, but uh, <laughs> I had a, I, I was flying with actually the virtual reality, the, the girl in the video, and I'm like, you know, you kind of look like the person that like came on TV or something. Something said, hey, there's the you know, sort of sunglasses. I was like, chemtrails, and I, whatever clicked in my head for that, and I don't know really what the aha moment was with that. So uh, I said, okay, yeah, you can do do the uh, the girl's part in this perfectly, <laughs> and. Uh, so, like, if you, uh, I should do a post on it where I, I actually took the video 
and uh, the actual video of Sunglasses at Night Corey Hart did, which was really cool back in the day. If you watch the two together, they're exactly synced, and like all the camera angles are the same and everything. That's really and cool. I, I got that from uh, the movie Airplane, which, you know, if you're in aviation long enough, you pretty much have that memorized. And it was taken from a movie called The Zero Hour. I don't know if you know that or not. Uh-uh. Yeah, there's a movie called The Zero Hour, and it's the exact same movie as Airplane, except for it's serious. Oh, and it wow. was the one that they parodied Airplane off of it, and it, they took, like, all the camera angles. And if you know the lines in Airplane, you know the lines in Zero Hour, or in The Zero Hour. So I was kind of like, what if I do that? So that was kind of my whole inspiration with the chemtrails at night thing. I'm like, I'm going to make this kind of like the airplane to zero hour thing. So that's I awesome. That. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. No, I, whatever you did, it was great. I, I love that yeah. video. That's so cool. Yeah. I like the beginning with the tinfoil and you're just looking at each other. It's yeah. like, huh? <laughs> the funny part was I was at my parents' house, you know, I was visiting them up, up in Indiana and, uh, you know, in the beginning it says 3 a.m. mom's basement. And I was actually, it was actually about 10 p.m. and it was in my mom's basement. So it was kind of funny. Yeah, you really uh, took that part to, to heart there, didn't you? <laughs> hey, you know, it's the art of it or whatever. So. <laughs> yeah, right. That's awesome. All right, Mike, you just released today the video, I Sit Around Part Duh. Talk to me about the process of making this and how many like moving parts there were in this and how many airports you had to go to and all the people involved because it seems like there was a lot going into making this video. Yeah, yeah, there was a, there was a bunch to it. it it's kind of fun because it kind of it kind of came out randomly because the uh, – you know, I, I didn't know who I was going to fly with or, you know, where I was going to go. So uh, just uh, I would say, hey, this looks like a good place. And I really like going to like little airports and stuff, you know, like out of the way places. You know, I don't want to be at like, you know, JFK or LaGuardia or something. I like being at little tiny airports like Newton, wherever it is, uh, right. <laughs> you yeah, know, I agree. Newton, Kansas or whatever. And just kind of kind of, uh, you know, the kind of airports you learn to fly at and stuff. And, you know, taking video from there. So, hey, this is kind of like where I'm sitting right now, you know, most people are thinking that, you know, some pilots have like this really busy, happy life and say, yeah, we actually sit around a whole bunch doing (laughs) not a whole lot of anything waiting on stuff to happen. And that kind of, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to make good use of my time, you know, four or five hours at a time. So I can agree with that, that you said uh, we as pilots sit a lot because as a freight dog, the whole phrase is hurry up and wait, fly through that thunderstorm and then sit and wait for four hours when there's no thunderstorm around. So you definitely have to find something to fill that time. And I'd also agree with uh, going to smaller airports is really cool because it's just like going back to where you started to fly. You get to kind of see the hustle and bustle of what it's like and you get to kind of step away from going really fast and just kind of slow it down and see people starting to fly and you can kind of get kind of encouraged from seeing that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Like uh, one of the first shots in the video was uh, from a uh, Canadian Texas and it's uh, it was like this whole little building was its own pilot's lounge. It's where the, the girl has her hair back and her, uh, and the, the other pilot, my friend Henrik, who's like six seven, he's he's just a monster. He's awesome, <laughs> and he's laying on the couch, and they're both clapping and stuff. But we're we're like, where do we go? And we went over there. And we're like, oh, we have four hours to sit here. It's like we're shooting video right now. And they even had like a little building beside the pilot sign just said tornado shelter. It was awesome. It was That's like perfect awesome. Texas, you know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That is so cool. Yeah, no, I've never been there, but I did notice a couple other FBOs that you're at. Mm-hmm. One was Sugarland. Yeah. That's probably one of my. Yep favorite ga fbos i've ever been to you got to get a oh, little yeah. code to go and like behind the door you feel like you're kind of like a celebrity you get this big movie theater you get sleep rooms if you want all the food drinks you could ever think of oh yes sugarland's awesome that's one of my favorites also i mean i've been to a lot of them that's uh that's one of the top ones in the country for sure yeah. and then the atlantic in charleston i only recognized it because of uh, the basketball game and i know that yeah. they are remodeling it now the basketball game's not there anymore but when i first saw it i was like a 1200 hour pilot. And I was like, Oh, this is a cool thing. So I think I actually played for like 30 minutes. So I waited for free. I probably annoyed everyone that was trying <laughs> <Yep>. to sleep. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. But you got to do that. It's, it's yeah, that was definitely a, I wish I would have kept that game around. Cause I like that FBO, but yeah, it's, it's nice now how they have this more, uh, 
well, no basketball game, so it's kind of depressing. But <laughs> I know, right? What the heck, guys? Yeah, come on, man. It's the little things that count. Putting greens, you know, putting know. greens are good things. My uh, my friend Jeff in one of them uh, at the kind of towards the very end, he's uh, he, he's a big guy too. It's, I'm fine with like all these guys are like six five and above. It's hilarious. <laughs> so I, it makes me look really short. I'm like I'm, I'm five nine. I'm not exactly that short, but yeah, yeah, he looks and uh, or he's like he's a golfer. I play golf with him quite a bit, and he's like. Oh, I wish I had a putter or one of those old putting greens we could find in the, uh, you know, in the FBO. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute, you're kind of a giant. Here's a, here's an old, uh, you know, one of those shoe, uh, shoe polisher things. Yeah. Then he said, oh, I got an idea. And he went and got an apple and a and a paper cup, and <laughs> he, he kind of used it as a as a putter and a ball. So that's really funny. I thought, thought that was pretty funny. So when did you come up with the idea to shoot this video? Um. Well, actually, I, I came up with the I, the original one, the I sit around. You, you can kind of find it, but you can't really see it anymore. Just it uh, it had too much stuff in it. That, like no, I don't know, the company I work for didn't like, so they made mm-hmm. me take it down. So I was like, well, okay, I'll just you know, I mean, it's too good of a song to not have a video with, right? So I was like, okay, I'll just do a part duh, you know, because I mean, <laughs> I, I like Hot Shots part duh, whatever. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of a funny title, so I said, okay, I'll do it. You know, I'll just do another one. It's I, I don't know if people react to it with. Uh, you know, oh, we've already heard this song. Who cares? And maybe it'll do nothing, or maybe you'll be like, oh, this is great. I mean, it's just kind of we'll wait and see. That'll be you know a couple weeks yeah. from now we'll find out. So, well, I think it's awesome because, uh, like you said, it's been released today, and I got to watch it. And I thought it was really great. And what a lot of people may not know is that you actually shot everything, you edited it all, and you're actually singing in it too. Yeah, I'm actually everything is me. I'm playing the music. I'm producing the music. I'm doing the video. I'm producing the video. It's kind of like I don't know. It's like I do it all. You're a one man <laughs> show. I am. I, yeah. It's like, I don't know, it, it might be easier to work with other people, but you know, I got like four or five personalities, so it kind of works out. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Once one gets tired, the other personality comes in and takes over. Exactly. You know, and I don't have to deal with like, you know, bandmates, which, you know, it's kind of a pain when you're, uh, you know, like in a live band or something, you're always like, somebody's got a personality conflict somewhere. So it's just me. So I just have to deal with myself. So yeah, definitely. And one thing that's really cool is that it kind of shows that pilots aren't just one trick ponies, you know, like pilots can play drums, pilots can edit movies, pilots can create podcasts, pilots can do so many things and just fly. And I know a lot of times people just kind of think once they're a pilot, oh, hey, I've made it and they kind of stop thinking or they don't think about what's next anymore. So I think it's kind of cool and refreshing to see you create something and hopefully maybe some other pilot watching this be like, oh, cool, I want to create this. I'm good at singing. Let me try this. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that comes back to the things. Like, you're just, you're one trip in the bathtub away from losing your medical at all times. You know, I mean, that's kind of a crazy way to look at it. But yeah, I, mean, I could walk up my stairs right now, fall and have something happen and, you know, never fly again. So that's you kind of got to have, got to have something to fall back on. You do. Yeah. I and mean, once you lose that medical, I mean, medical and you might have medical insurance with your airline or wherever you are, but right, yeah. it's like, it's still not going to be the same as the money that you're making from actually flying. Oh, I know that. And I mean, even with the insurance, you're like, you're going to miss flying. <laughs> you better find something else you like too. So. Right. Definitely. And making aviation videos is always a good second oh, yeah. <laughs> second career. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, cool. Well, I, I really appreciate Like I said earlier, I just I really appreciate you taking the time to, to create that video because it, it encourages me to continue to create as well. And like That's I it. said, hopefully someone else can be encouraged to create something else. And you never know, you might inspire someone else to, to make a video yeah. about that or make another video get creative themselves. Right, yeah, yeah. It's a, it, it should build on itself, you know, just uh, you know, kind of like a the forest fire or something that you can't stop. Just <laughs> just keep it going. Definitely. Is there anyone that you want to give thanks to right now since you have the have a microphone in your hand and you can give thanks yeah. to them publicly, thank everyone for their help? 
Yeah, well, I do have to thank like all the people in the video. The credits in they're great. But I got to thank my wife because she's kind of like puts up with me. I mean, it's <laughs> it's kind of like uh, I don't know, like going to the zoo. You know, you see the pretty animal in the cage or something, and you can go home. But she has to live with the animal in the cage. So <laughs> yeah, everyone <laughs> thinks it's great to to see the animal, but no one actually wants to yeah, live with the animal. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So she lives with the animal. But uh, yeah, we we have like a running joke. It was our like ninth anniversary uh, not too long ago, and. I was like, happy 63rd, you know, people are looking at us, we're just like, oh, happy 63rd, you know, because, you know, being married to a pilot's like, you know, seven years, like dog years or whatever. Yeah. So. <laughs> she <laughs> puts so up funny. with me, so, you know, she's uh, she's cool. That means my wife and I are coming on our uh, 28th year anniversary, so. Oh, happy season, 28th. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I appreciate it. It'll be in October, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. No, it's, it's true, though. Like, being married to a pilot is very hard, and not everyone can do it. They need to know what it's like and what they're getting themselves into. And sometimes it's hard to really even know what you're getting yourself into because you just have to go with the flow at all times. You never know when you're going to be called out. You never know you're going to miss birthday parties, weddings. Mm -hmm. I think last year alone, my wife went to like 15 weddings by herself. I was only able to go to one wedding. So there's a lot of things that you miss, but there's also the opportunity for you to be there for a lot of things that most people can't either. So there are trade-offs and sometimes Mm -hmm. they're worse than they are good but you just kind of have to go with the flow and you got to have, you got to find someone that can kind of have their own friends and go out and do their own thing. And I yeah. always count on you to be there. Yeah, absolutely. And it also helps you have someone that kind of travels a lot. I mean, she travels for work also. So it's kind of like she can kind of go, okay, I get how it, she doesn't quite know how it is with, I mean, she'll go somewhere and sit there for six or seven days and, you know, we, we kind of move around. We'll just, you know, we'll be in a new city every night. So it's a little bit different, but at least she can go, oh yeah, well I get it. You know, you're too tired to talk tonight, you know, stuff like that. It's kind of like, Yep. No, it definitely is. And it it is sad that I know, I think it's like more than half or maybe like 75% of pilots get divorced and stuff like that. So it's definitely, yeah. it's an issue in the industry and it's an issue in our culture today, but even more so in pilots, it seems like. So it's definitely not yeah, easy. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. You got to work at it for sure. Yeah. So everyone always think their wives and they're always there. They're the backbone <laughs> to a pilot or any good family. Yep. All right, Mike, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate you coming on, telling your story, telling why you got into aviation, kind of the ups and the downs that you had in your career and why you chose the path that you chose. I think that is going to be great from your audience to hear why you chose to fly and why you did the things that you did. And I'm so excited to see the reaction to the video that you just came out with last night. It is going to be awesome. I'm so thankful for you creating that content. And I know that we all appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Justin. I appreciate it, man. And uh, thanks for having me on, man. It's uh, really, really cool of you to do that. Oh, of course. Anytime you want to come on, just let us know. But uh, have a great day and happy flying. Thanks, man. You too. And that is episode 15 of the Pilot to Pilot podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening today. If you enjoyed the episode, head to our website, pilottopilothq.com. Let us know what you think. Comment. Join in on the conversation. Let us know what your favorite part of this podcast was. You never know when we're going to be doing a giveaway. Also, go to our iTunes page. Leave us a review. Leave us some feedback. Let us know what you think. Head to our Instagram, comment, DM us, whatever it takes to get in touch with us. We love talking with you guys. And don't forget, we're going to include your stories in our podcast. Keep it between five to 10 minutes, and we're going to share the craziest and coolest and best aviation stories that you have. So go ahead and send those to pilot to pilot hq at gmail.com. We're looking to get those in the podcast as soon as possible. Aviation, you guys are the best. Have a great time. I hope you guys fly a lot. And as always, happy flying. Bye, guys.